This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. Today we're week two. I'm glad I got to do uh, back-to-back weeks. It kind of worked out because I feel like last week I opened Pandora's box and this week I get to kind of add the the punctuation onto it. Last week, if you were here, then you know that we talked about uh, the importance of prayer, uh, but specifically praying through struggle or praying through hardship, right? And we talked about how Praying through struggle, praying through hardship sometimes makes us feel uh, maybe like we're acting out of doubt or maybe like we're acting out of, you know, a certain sense of rebelliousness. To, if, if, we, if we admit that we're doubting or struggling or questioning God, then that's kind of like a dent to our faith. But we talked about how it's really not. It actually enforces your faith and shows your faith even more if you're willing to go to God when you're not certain about where you stand at with things, right? That's a little bit more of a faith proof, uh, I don't know if you'd say provider, that's more proof of faith than anything because you still know where to go and where your hope lies, right? And so today we're talking about how uh, prayer is just as important and that prayer shapes you and does things in your life, uh, not just in times of struggle. Those are good times to go to God and no doubt he's the best person to go to in times of struggle, but we're uh, today talking about Thanksgiving. I don't know if we have a cool slide for that, but today we're talking about Thanksgiving. We're not talking about the holiday where you gorge yourself and then watch football. We're talking about literally giving thanks. Thanks space giving. Prayers of thanksgiving, right? A a subtitle to to this could be like prayer in the good times too, right? On last week's episode, prayer about struggle. This week's episode, to be continued, prayer in the good times too, okay? And so when I was preparing this, it made me think of um, a certain relationship dynamic. Have you guys ever had a friend, a friend, that only calls you or hits you up when they need something? I immediately saw like five people. (laughs) You already have their name in your brain. You guys ever had that friend? And they, they, they seem to only have your phone number when they really need something, really want something, right? They might hit you up with a little bit of formality. Hey, how's, how you doing? Okay, cool. So anyway, here's, here's what I need. Can you help me out? I need a ride. I need five bucks until Friday. I need, right? Fill in the blank. You guys know those friends, right? Conversely, be honest with yourself. I'm not going to ask you to self-identify, but maybe you're that friend, right? Maybe you have a friend that you know you can get over on and so you exploit that relationship, right? Not cool. Not, not, I'm not saying shame on you, not cool. I'm just saying that that's not fun, right? Now, how many of you guys have those friends that uh, are like all, all, all around friends? Like they're your friends that like when something good happens to you too, they're the first person that you think of when you pull your phone out and you go to text somebody and you're just like, oh man, you'll never believe it. We're, you know, this happened to my family. We're so excited. And you hit them up because you know they're genuinely going to be excited with you, for you. Like, you know, they got your back. You know, they're in your corner. You know, they're fighting for you. So when you hit them up with some good news and a good time, they're going to genuinely be happy for you and not like secretly jealous. Or like secretly try to like, a word, what about me, right? Like there's none of that. You know, it's just like a pure relationship. You guys have a friend like that? Like your A1, day one friends? Like your your rough rider friend? Anybody? 
we're going to get you guys some friends. Do not forget to sign up for a community group, okay? Um, so friends, okay? How good does it feel to have that friend that you know you can go to for anything, right? Like that you, like you can kind of be needy with because you have a lot more stock in a relationship than just being needy, right? Like you guys chill together. You go to the movies together. You might ball together. You might, uh, your kids might, you know, hang out together all the time. You might go to football games together, watch games together. Uh, I'm naming only guy things. You might uh, get your nails done together. You might, you know, whatever ladies do. Um, you might say you're going to go do yoga together, but then, you know, go have like coffee or what, I don't know, what, whatever y'all do. So you have those friends that you do that with, and then that gives you that comfortability with them when you have a time of need to reach out to them. One kind of fuels the other. You have so much relationship and trust and stock in one another and investment in one another that you feel comfortable reaching out when you need something. That's different than the friend that just always needs something, right? So as I was thinking about that, I think that came to my mind because when I, want, when I go to talk about thankfulness in, in the context of prayer, if I'm being honest with myself, and I would ask you to do the same this morning, I think a lot of times I'm like the first friend when it comes to my relationship with God in that I'm way more comfortable and ready and, and quick to go to God when I need something or when I'm struggling or when I feel like something's out of my reach or beyond my capabilities, I'm way more prone to go to God in those times than I am when things are going great. Anybody else? Right? Like, it's, it's, it's easy to, to ask for things that you need when you feel like the person that you ask could grant you what you need and then just move on. But that's not... Somebody in a relationship with, that's like, that's a genie, right? That's, that's a butler, that's a servant, that's, that's not a friend, that's not a relationship, that's just having somebody to serve you, right? And a lot of times I treat God like that. Like it's easy for me when I feel like things are in shambles, there's a struggle, there's a bill that I can't pay, there's something's going on at school for my kids and I can't go slap a six-year-old or a, you know, whatever, so I... I'm being real. I can't do that. So it's easy for me to pray and be like, God, give me the patience because I'm about to go in there like DMX and just, you know, snap. I'm going to go, you know, like, like it's easy for me to give that to God because I know I already can't do anything about it than it is for me to give things to God when I'm like, yo, I just got a promotion. I just got a pay increase. I just got, you know, things are going good. I don't really tend to go to God for that because I give myself the credit for that stuff. Right? And so what I want to talk about today is the importance of going to God in, in the good and the bad. Like last week we talked about the bad. So it's not to say that every time you hit up God, dear God, it's like that friend that calls you and God's going, what you want this time, man? I just gave you one. Hello? I'm not saying God answers your prayers like that. I think God delights whenever we come to him, no matter what we come to him for, because God knows that he can handle it, and so he's like, good, you came to me. That's what I do. I think God delights in that. I think it's more telling to ourselves when we look at our, our prayer habits. I think it's important for us to look at our motives in prayer and our tendencies in prayer, not because God's so worried, but because we should be looking at it because these are indicators to ourselves of where our heart is at. 
When we can look back over our track record of things and we see that we only pray when we need something or maybe we don't ever pray, but we say that we believe in something, or we, it's much more telling of us. When I, when I was really starting to take my faith serious, like coming through high school and stuff, um, my family would always like ask me why I'd want to go to church. My mom always had to like go out of her way to drop me off at church. Nobody else in my family wanted to go to church. And so my mom and dad would always give me a hard time. Why do you want to go to church? Why do you have to like sing? Why do you have to worship? Why do you have to, if there really is a God and he's good, then why is he so fixated on like everybody giving him props and building up him all the time? Like if God is good, why is he such an egomaniac? Like you just, God just wants to sit around and hear people tell him how great he is and thank him for everything all the time? Like, that's the God you want to worship? I don't know if you've heard things like this. I've heard people take that position. Why do you have to thank? Why do you have to praise God? Why does God always have to hear about himself? And Like, is God insecure? Does God, like, need people to encourage him because he just, he, he, his, his emotions are so frail? And here's the thing. What I want to show you today about prayer when it comes to Thanksgiving is that I think God wants us to have thankful hearts and a thankful posture when we go to him in prayer, not because of what he gets from it, because of what it does to us and how it shapes us. And so I'm going to point that out to you. I want to make a case for that. Um, So let me pray for us real quick, and then I'm just going to share with you a few Bible verses. Um, Dear Jesus, I pray that today you would meet us here, God, and through your word that I'm about to read you would just open our hearts and open our minds to you and what you have to say to us today, God. I pray that you would teach us, posture us in a way that we don't only reach out to you to gain things, but that we reach out to you in a form of communication that's much more relational, that's much more loving, that's much more passionate, that's that's much more of a two-way kind of thing and not just one way all about us kind of thing, Jesus. Meet us here, God. In your name we pray. Amen. So all over scripture we showed last week how uh, there's people that like brutally, like go to God with brutal honesty, right? We talked about Job and how Job, Job actually, if you read it, I guess maybe it's just me, but like Job goes to God with like, like, a, like, like a battle rapper. Like when Job, if you read this, Job tries God and he kind of steps to God. I don't know if you guys, I don't, again, I don't know if it's just me or maybe a few of us in here. Have you ever seen a battle rap? No? Some of you are like, People do that. They're like, and, and you'll get this if you know, but like Job kind of goes to God like, yo, my man, so uh, yo, you know, like, and he he he's going at God like he's gonna really just kind of like show him who's boss, and God kind of like eight mile, right? I I feel like I always bring out eight mile for you guys. But like Job goes to God and he's like, You've been at this plant so long, you're a plant. Look at your boots. They're starting to grow roots, right? Like Job goes to God on some stuff, and Job's like, or God is like, oh, hey, whoa, right? God comes back like, like Papa Doc in the first half of Eight Mile. Anybody? Yeah, right. One pop, two pop, three. Okay, so God comes back, and so, but but you see this interaction. What I'm saying for everybody else who's like, what? I listen to country. Uh, Job goes to God. Like, kind of sideways, how we would say. He comes at God kind of sideways. Yo, God, really? You got some nerve, man. And God comes back at him like, hey, you got some nerve, my man. I'm the God here, not you. Chill out, right? But, but God, God reminds him, hey, who's in control? But God communicates with him and has this whole interaction with him 
that could, could have only happened if Job came to him in the way that he did, the honesty that he came with, the, the, just the openness he came with. And so we talked about last week how it's important to come to God open, honest with your emotions, lay it all out there. God already knows. He can deal with it. He'll help us work through it, right, praying through struggle. And we showed multiple times in Scripture where followers of Jesus do this, where the psalmist is like, God, I call out to you and you don't even answer me. It's like you're not home. It's like you're always declining my call. Like, what are you, right? Like, honesty. But at the same time, all through scripture, a lot of times in these same passages where you see that brutal honesty and that realness and that hurt and that brokenness and that struggle, you also see thanksgiving go with it. There's a pattern of this. A lot of times you'll see the very people who are struggling the most, like, like Paul when he's being persecuted or thrown in jail, also have this posture of thankfulness. And so I want to show you a few places in scripture that show us how thankfulness is directly linked and tied to a few things, not for God's sake, for our sake this morning. So let me, let me show you my first one. It'll be up here on the screen. Like I said last week, if you read it and highlight it in your own Bible, you get extra points in heaven. God keeps track. Colossians 3.15, it says this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the peace of Christ, so peace, and you were called to peace and be thankful. That be thankful is almost like slapped right there on the end because it's like, hey, uh, you want peace? Cool. You guys are supposed to live in harmony and have peace with each other? Cool. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, be thankful if, if all this is going to work like that. Because in doing my study of this, my word study of this, uh, most of the commentaries would like to point out, as would I, it's, it's kind of what I see in this too, this morning, that I think a lot of times we search for peace and we want like this, this resolve and we want this calmness and we want this, this level-headedness uh, that, that could kind of like help us regulate things in our life. We, we chase that a lot, but then we don't do anything to really uh, gain that. We don't do anything to really seek that. We just want that, but we think that maybe talking ourselves into being more content will work, or maybe following different social media people that can give us good advice will kind of help that. But, but here, I think it's making a case that your thankfulness and your peace are directly related. Think about this. We live in a day and age where everything's newer, greater, better, bigger, everything, every time you turn around. How many iPhones we got now? Now Google making phones. What's next? You know what I mean? Like, who's going to make a phone next? Then we got everybody, like, out here trying to sell. You got CEOs of this company. You never would have saw them before. Now they got, like, social media accounts trying to endear you to them so they can sell you the next biggest thing, right? Now you can see all the inner workings of these people, and they're trying to be people people because they want you to buy the next thing. Everything's constantly moving. There's a new TV. Well, guess what? Now there's a newer TV. There was a big TV, but guess what? There's a bigger one, and you just got the new Jordans. Guess what? Jordan number 85 is coming out, or you know, whatever one, like, we, there's always something newer to, to, to fascinate us, to infatuate us, and we're a people that love it. We are people who love it. We feast on it. We want it. Guess what? Thankfulness goes with contentment, goes with peace. 
If we woke up every day and instead of looking at new ads, new things, new brochures, new, new, new specs on a new phone, new TV, new car, new whatever, and we just woke up and we said, God, thank you that I have a car. God, thank you that I have a TV, that I can afford cable. God, thank you that I can drive my kids to school and we don't got to walk in the rain and the ice. And if you start your day with that, it, it kind of positions your heart the next time somebody's fishing something at you to go, okay, those are cool and I'll get to it when I can, but, but I got stuff that works right now and I'm doing okay and I'm actually, like my family's straight and having a posture of thankfulness leads to peace. And so the, in, in, in scripture, you want to, not just personal peace, you want to be at peace with each other, be thankful to start. Let, let's, let's, be th- let's, let's be grateful. Let's be humble in this. And, and maybe that'll start to disarm some quarrels and some disagreements we have with each other. Thankfulness is at the root of a lot of our discontentment, a lot of our always needing, wanting more, leading to no peace. Be thankful. Colossians 4, 2 says this, my next one, says, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Devote yourself to prayer, right? Pray without ceasing. That idea, right? Devote yourself to it. Make it a priority. Like, make time for it. Idle time that you have, we talked about this before in the Sabbath series, but turn idle time into Prayer time. If you're driving and you're listening to 105.1, it's dope, right? The next juvenile song is coming on. Turn that off for three minutes, and instead of singing back that thing up, pray to God. You know what I mean? Like, like de- devote a little bit of time to it. Make it a little bit more of a priority. Find ways that you can get it in there and, and build it in as part of your routine. Devote yourself to it. But then check this out. Be watchful and thankful. Be watchful. How many of us are in the routine and habit of asking God for something. Don't answer that. That's all of us, right? We, we come to God with that. That's, that's cool. We talked about that last week. But then being watchful of those things. Hey, God, I need your help in this. And then we kind of just expect that after we give it to God, he's either going to work it out or we kind of forget about it. And then the situation blows over and we move on to the, to the next thing that we have to ask help for, right? But how many of us are watchful to see what God is doing and what you've already asked him to do. Be watchful. Ask God for something and then keep tabs on the situation and watch in real time as he works it out. Be watchful because when you watch God work, it will produce thankfulness. Watch him answer a prayer. Watch him bring peace. Watch him bring resolve to a situation. And then watch that build your thankfulness. Oh, my gosh. I've been, I've been praying about this for months. And then I actually seen it come to fruition and something actually happened there. That generates thankfulness. And when you see God do something and you're thankful for it, that produces trust and faith going forward for you, for your next trial, for your next challenge, for your next success. Thank God for, for the good things that he's doing in your life too. Wait a minute. I, we've been, this was a big one for us. If you guys know our story, you know, we've been trying to have a second child for years, literally four years. After Olivia turned two, we wanted to like shoot for like a two year, three year age gap between kids, right? And so we started trying a couple years after Olivia was born. She's six, almost seven now. We just had Diego. We've been trying for four years to no avail to have a child. And there were so many times that we, I can't even tell you how many times we prayed. 
and asked and prayed and hoped and wanted and didn't see anything. How many pregnancy tests we took that were negative? Broken heart every time, broken heart every time. But one of the most powerful things for us, because it was such a long process, we had been waiting and keeping tabs. That's an easy one to keep tabs on. Every time you take a pregnancy test, you're keeping a tab on if the prayer is answered or not, right? And when the test finally came back positive, it was like the dark, like it was, it, it, it just, I can't tell you the celebration. I wish you guys could see that night in the Cologne house when we had the positive pregnancy test. I looked like Tom Cruise when he was dating that with Carrie, Katie, Katie, not Perry, Holmes, Katie Holmes. I was on Oprah's couch, fam, like jumping up and down, celebrating. I was about to tear my shirt off, right? Nobody want to see that. I was celebrating because here's why. I was waiting for, waiting, waiting, waiting for this prayer to be answered. And because I was able to keep tabs on it, when, when we got that, that positive report, that, that, that good news, we celebrated. And we stopped right there in the living room and we prayed and we thanked God and we said, God, you know how discouraged we've been. You know how hard we struggle with this. You know how long we've been waiting. But we didn't curse God for how long we had been waiting. We may have at a different point in time, but then we invited God into the celebration. God, look what, look what you brought us. Look how sweet is this. We waited so long. We didn't know if it was going to happen. I remember the day we told Sam and Amber, we went to their house, and I was, I was, I, I always got to play with people and make it seem like it's something bad. And so we were about to, we had Sam and Amber ready, and Sam gets really nervous when you do that. And so I'm like, hey, man, we got to talk. And he was like, what's happening? I was like, we got to talk in person. And so we showed up at their house, and like, what's going on? And we were like, listen, man, we got to tell you something. You know, and they're like, what? what's happening? We're like, I'm not joking. I almost jumped out of my skin. I don't know if you remember this. I'm, I'm overweight, so it's hard for me to jump. Not that day. I was, the, the words we're having got out of my mouth, and by the time I got to baby, I was this high in the air. Okay, so here's the news. We're having a baby! And I was freaking going crazy because I couldn't stop the joy that I felt cut, right? In those moments, we gave that to God. Like, we prayed in our house when we felt that we gave that to God because that's a, build, that's a faith builder now. That's a rejoicing moment. If we just cried out to God every time we wanted a baby but got a negative test, but then then didn't rejoice with God when we got the positive one, then the next time we have a baby, guess what we're going to think of? You know how long, how many tests we took? Should we even try for another baby? It's four years. It took us four years. You think we're going to have another baby now? Maybe another four more years. But when we watched and we remembered to celebrate and be thankful when we finally got the right one, now guess what? You want to have another kid? For sure. Right? It might, it might take a little bit, but guess what? We didn't think we were going to have this one, and we did. So I'm pretty sure that we could have another one, right? Like it builds our faith going forward. That's, that's for you. Be watchful. Watchful. Pay attention to what he's already done, what he's already doing. That will propel you forward. My next one, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, says this. I like this one too. It says, rejoice always. Pray continually, like devote yourself to prayer. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. All circumstances. 
So today we're talking about praying like when things are good and like, like, like last week when things are bad, right? But that, that's a little bit different. Like that doesn't say pray in all circumstances. It says, wait, 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 give thanks in all circumstances. Wait a minute. That's some tough stuff, man. You mean even when things are unfavorable, I have to be thankful? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, wait, wait. Things are good, I can do that. They're driving the dagger a little bit deeper here with, with, when it comes to this faith thing. Yeah, we can pray in bad times that our bad times get better. And yeah, we can pray in good times and thankfulness for the good times. But can you cross those and pray in bad times with thankfulness in the bad times? Whoa, that's a little bit different though. What does this teach us? This teaches us to always, always be looking for good in this situation. Imagine what that'll do to your heart. Wait a minute, I'm in the middle of the worst trial, right? We had to do, go back to the Olivia thing. We had to do this with Olivia. We're praying for another kid. We're not getting another, it's been four years. I can't even tell you how many pregnancy tests we bought, right? Four years of this. And in the midst of this, when we're praying, God, give us another bit, give us another bit. We had to remind ourselves, wait a minute. Be, thank you, God, that we, that we have Olivia. And thank you that our path hasn't always felt like this. Thank you that you graced us with, with the, this child, with the opportunity to be parents. To, like, we had to be thankful in the midst of trial. You gotta, you, you, that teaches you to, to always find something Always look for a light in the end of the tunnel. Always look for light in the darkness. It, it trains your heart in things to look for the positive in a situation. If you know me, you know that's not my, that's not my natural disposition, right? Like, I'm, I'm good at pointing out the bad in the bad situation. That's just, that's, I'm going to say that's just me, God willing, that changes over time. But that's who I've always been, historically. I'm very good at finding a problem because hopefully I want to fix it, but finding a problem nonetheless, right? But God is... Can you find the good? In scripture, we see this modeled in probably one of the most drastic situations or, or, or contexts. The Apostle Paul, we, talked, we did, we did a, a bunch of talking about him over the past few months, but the Apostle Paul, you, you should know from our previous talks, he is a guy who didn't believe in Jesus, persecuted p- people who believed in Jesus, then ultimately encounters Jesus, starts to believe in Jesus. And then his life from then on actually isn't so sweet anymore. It's marked with like tons of trials. He's persecuted. He, he, he has to like, he walks everywhere on foot. I mean, that's bad enough, right? He walks everywhere on foot. He is being persecuted by the same people he used to like work for, right? And then uh, at the same time, he is in and out of jail. He has people kind of like joining his team and then leaving his team. Uh, ultimately, we see how he ends his life. He gets arrested. He's put in jail. Jail back then ain't like jail, jail today. Jail today sucks, but jail back then was like, yo. And he's in jail, living there for years, being tortured until finally he gets a break. No, he gets his head cut off. I'm thankful, Lord. And you see Paul saying things like, like you, you, you'll read through scripture and Paul will go, but, but even in this, I give thanks for the positive reports I hear about people outside of jail. 
Like I hear other people telling me about how good these other churches are doing. And even though I'm here and I can't be with you, I'm so thankful to God that things are happening outside of my situation because it brings me so much joy. If I'm in that jail cell, guess what I'm doing? God, what the heck are you? Are you kidding me? I preached a little bit and I'm about to have my throat cut. What you took? That's crazy. Paul's like, yo, I am thankful that I'm counted worthy to suffer in the name of Jesus. I give thanks to God. Literally, thank you, God, that I'm in jail on account of you. I give thanks to God that I'm even worthy of being put in jail, given a death sentence for the glory of Christ. I'm thankful for that. I I pray, I pray that he'll take me off this earth because then I get the best reward. I get to hang out with Jesus but it's better for y'all if I stay here because we can continue to sharpen each other, all that. But for me to live is, is Christ, I keep doing his work, but to die is better. To die is gain. That perspective, I don't like to suffer for a week. Imagine that perspective. What would thankfulness do in your situation if you found hope even in the darkest times? If you look for positive in the roughest if you look for the good even the worst people my last verse I want to share with you is Philippians 4 6 you probably have this on a coffee mug somewhere if you shop at Lifeway or Walmart around Easter I was going to say another one but I won't okay Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't be nervous in every situation. Good, bad, happy, sad, up, down, in, out. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. So we go into prayer. It's almost like you have like a tool belt when you approach prayer, right? You go into it with certain things, right? With reverence, with, with respect, giving all, right? But, but go in with thanksgiving. Even when you approach God and you ask for things, go with thanksgiving paired with whatever you're going to ask. Remind yourself the contrast the capability, the ability of what God can do. Go in with thanksgiving, with with praise, with rejoicing. Even when you ask, you might not be sure of what you're asking, if you're gonna get what you're asking, but when you go in, go with thanksgiving. Bring that with you because when you approach God with thanksgiving, when you're asking things, when you're, you're creating, you might not realize this, but you're, you're creating a contrast in your mind. You're presenting a problem, but then you're thanking God who is able to do anything above your problem. And so you're creating a natural dilemma for your mind to figure out. You're, you're stating what the issue is, but then at the same time, you're naming what the solution is. So you're naming your problem, and then you're naming the ultimate solution to your problem. 
If every time you walked into a situation, if you had the power to say, man, this is really challenging, but ultimately I know what to do. You know what kind of peace, what kind of resolve, what kind of confidence you would take with you? You know how that would rub off on people around you? It'd be incredible. You can do, you do that in prayer. You come to God, you make your request known. God, this is what I need. This is what I hope for. This is how I struggle. This is what, what I'm working through right here. And thank you that you are able to meet those. Thank you that you're already working. Thank you that you've got me, that you've had me, that you're, that, when you approach with that contrast, you, you're, you're already generating a line of faith, a line of hope, a, a different posture in your heart from the get-go, a different posture from the get-go, just by coming with thankfulness in prayer. So just like last week, I got a couple things that this kind of prayer will do for you. Last week, we talked about a few reasons why it's important to pray through your struggle. I have a few reasons why it's important to pray with Thanksgiving this morning. I'm going to run them down for you. They'll be up here. Um, So going to times, going to God in times of Success with thanksgiving, we talked about isn't, isn't just for God. Ultimately, I encourage you to do it this morning because of what it does for you, how it shapes your heart, what it, what it does in your life. Yeah, it's good because, I mean, it's good. You, know, you know, it makes me feel good when I've made my wife happy. Like when I go to her and I'm like, you know, I say just the right thing. It might be dumb. It might be what. It might be embarrassing. But if I say just the right thing and she's like, ha ha, and I get her to kind of crack a little bit, I'm like, fellas, you know, right? You know, because you're like, okay, I have a positive in the account. So now when I do something stupid, we go back to zero instead of going negative, right? <laughs> but come on, come on, right? And you kind of keep the. It's not that you're flirting with God, right? But it's. There's nothing bad about just the act of going to God with thankfulness. That's, that's, that's just a good practice, period. But when I respond to my wife in love, it actually does something in me. It creates a deeper love in me for her. It creates a deeper appreciation in me for who she is. And so when we go to God with the same, in the same way, it ain't nothing bad to go to God that way. That's great, that's, that's great for a relationship, but it's good for you. Because it creates a deeper dependence, trust, loyalty, love, passion for God in your own heart. Here's my, my reasons. Go ahead and throw up the first one. Going to God in times of success and thanksgiving does a few things for us. Number one, it gives us peace when we remember how good God is and what he's already done in our life. It should bring peace to you. When you can recall times of struggle that you've had before and how God has made a way. Because the next time you go through a struggle, you can go, wait a minute, we're going to be all right. This ain't the first time. This happened before. And we're all right. He did it before, he'll do it again. My second one, it reminds us that God is faithful. It's important to know that God is faithful because when you, when when things look kind of shaky, it's important to remember who God is, that he's faithful. It means he always follows through. That means that he makes good on every promise, every word, everything he set out to do, he will do. But sometimes in our situations, it doesn't look like that, feel like that. But when you pray with thankfulness, you're reminding yourself 
of God's faithfulness. You're reminding yourself, wait a minute, I don't feel this right now, but I know who he is. And he's going to come through again. My third one, it teaches us to constantly have hope. If you can posture your heart in a way where you're always looking for the bright side, you're always looking for the upswing, you're always looking for things to turn around, it's really hard to beat a person like that. It's really hard to, hard to lose when you're like that. One of my favorite things to do uh, it, <laughs> when I'm playing like sports is talk trash. If, you're in, if you've ever been in youth group, then you know this. Uh, and I've gone to basketball a few times, you know this. One of my favorite things to do is, to do is talk trash. You want to know why? And one of my, some of my favorite athletes are the ones that talk trash because it's a head game. The idea is this. If you can get in somebody's head and get them off and get them down and get them kind of thinking, you can win a game. You don't got to be a better athlete. You just got to be a better psychological opponent. So think if you're going against somebody who can't be defeated psychologically. You can't be thrown off. You can't throw somebody off their game. You can't talk them out of having a good game. You can't mess them up. You can't distract. You can't do anything. That person is the most terrifying opponent because there ain't nothing you can do to touch them. They're unfazable. When we go to God with thankfulness, it creates us, in us, that same kind of result. We go to God, and when we face challenges and attacks and different struggles and opposition, it doesn't get us down because we've already programmed ourselves to be optimistic in spite of, to be hopeful in spite of, to be persevering in spite of. And so when things come against you, you're like, yeah, whatever, I got this, and you move on. It's impossible to beat somebody like that. And if you are that person, it's really hard to lose when you're like that. My next one, it keeps us humble by reminding us it says up there, it keeps us humble. Mine is, it keeps us humble by reminding us that God is the source of our blessings. It's like a bike with training wheels. You have the training wheels on, you can ride. But every once in a while when you lean on the training wheel, you're reminded that you're ready, but not quite. Because if you had to do this fully by yourself right now, you probably would have fallen right there when the wheel touched the ground. Some of us, probably all of us just being people are prone to this kind of circumstance where we get, get pretty, we're riding by ourselves and the wheels on the side haven't touched the ground in a while. So we start to get really confident. We start to give ourselves credit for how good we're doing. We start to uh, uh, brag a little, we start to flex a little bit. We start to strut a little bit, right? We, we are prone to forget our need for somebody or something else. That's just who we are. That's just, I can, I can say that in my own life. That's, that's me 100%. I'll cry out to God the second I need him. But if I feel like I'm doing really good by myself, I tend to forget. So sometimes those, those struggles are kind of like training wheels to us because if we only had success, had good, uh, prospered, all that stuff, then we'd, we'd really kind of start to get a big head about ourselves. We might start to think that, we're doing this, that we're manufacturing this, that we're the most talented, best, best looking, most creative, most uh, uh, whatever, entitled person for fill in the blank. Going to somebody else in thanks for all those things keeps you humble because ultimately you're like, hey, this is great, but I'm blessed 
somebody else is doing the blessing, I'm just receiving. When you thank somebody else for what you have, you're acknowledging that you're not the source of that. It keeps you humble. My last thing is this, but my most important thing is this. When you go to God in thankfulness, you're acknowledging what Jesus has done for you. You may not realize this, but you're acknowledging what Jesus did for you by dying for you. There's a lot of other people you could ask for a lot of other things and they can't deliver the way that God can. God is the only person that you can ask and it doesn't matter how big or small it is, to him it's not too big. There's things you could ask me, ask Sam, ask my wife, ask anybody, ask a politician, ask the president, ask whoever you want and there's things that are beyond every pay grade. There's one person who doesn't have the pay grade to be beyond and that's God. And so when you go to him in thankfulness, you're acknowledging what put him there. What gives him the right, the, the authority to be that person? And that's him proving that he's victorious over every situation, every situation, even death. Someone who can defeat death can pretty much defeat anything else that life has to throw at them because they hold the power of life in their hands. And when you pray in thankfulness, you're acknowledging that you're talking to the one person who has that capability. Praying in thankfulness isn't so God can big his ego up. Praying in thankfulness is so that you and I can pursue hope, can pursue humility, can pursue peace in ourselves, but then also with one another so that you and I don't get thinking that we got this all alone until the next time we mess up so that we can have relationship with the one who desires relationship with us first. So I gave you a challenge last week. This is my, my last thing for today. I give you a challenge this week. Here's my challenge for you. I want you, you don't have to do it right now, but I want you, before you forget about it, so maybe between now and you hear the podcast or something, I don't know, whatever it takes to remind you, I want you to make a list. And on the list can be a couple things. They can either be things that are struggles or hardships that you need God's help with, or they can be positives, things that are happening right now that you're thankful for. We got a positive report from the doctor. We found out that we're having a baby. Our, our, our child uh, was, was sick and now they're doing better. Even the little things, like even the little things. Nothing's too small. Write down things that are happening, good or bad, and then here's what I want you to do. I want you to check back on those things intermittently through the week if you can remember. Write it down on a sticky note and put it on the bathroom mirror. And as those things start getting resolution, as those things start to resolve, as those things are, are getting worked out, I want you to mark those things off. And then I want you to thank God for each one that is getting progress, that is seeing change, that is having the chain moved on it a little bit. Because that's what it means to be watchful and thankful. Write down right now, good or bad, things that you, that, that are just happening in your life and then keep track. It's my challenge for you, keep track, double back, do your homework a little bit and then come to God in thankfulness for those things. Because here's the deal, if you write down five things, one gets checked off, you're pumped about the other four. Two get checked off, you know the other three are just waiting to happen. You check all five of those off, guess what? Next time tragedy strikes, challenges happen, good things happen, it doesn't matter. Your first inclination is to bring it to God because you've seen him work before. And that thankfulness generated faith in you 
to push your faith forward for the next one. That's my challenge for you this morning. So as the band sings, as they lead us to one more song, I want you to take this next song, maybe think about some of those things you wanna put on that list. Maybe start your list, pull out your phone and text it to yourself. Write it down in a notepad, file or whatever. Do, maybe that's what you wanna do, but I would encourage you to take this next song, zone out, give it a few minutes, and just come to God in thankfulness. If you don't feel like you have anything, do what Paul did. And in every situation, find a reason to give thanks. Watch your faith grow. Watch your faith grow. Watch your faith deepen with God. Come to God in thankfulness. We want to invite you to do that now. Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.